Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Olivia. Hi, I'm Wen. And this week we've watched not one, but two episodes of the animated series. And now we're going to argue about whether the Infinite Vulcan and the Eye of the Beholder are going to make us quit Star Trek. I am overjoyed with what I have witnessed. I have seen Spock on Spock action and my day is renewed. My week is better, my month, my life. Not only that, but Scotty got carried around the ship by a giant slug. It's been, we've had a week here at the podcast and this has been, this is an ending that has re-ensued us watching whatever the fuck that was. The were they slug dragons? I don't I don't know what happened. There was a lot there. There were dragons, there were slugs, there were plug people. There were two giant men. Thank you, Wen. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It's, it's like what the fuck? But also with like a very happy what the fuck. Like it's everything I love about the original series. And then it's even more kooky because they could just draw that shit. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, you know, Taz came out around like 73 to 74, I think, around then. And um, in production, these people totally conceptualize this as like a hypothetical fourth season that they never got to air. So when you're watching this, it's like, wow, this is this is really camp and it's really uh, quirky, but definitely in that toss way that I feel like sort of went fading away when we moved into TNG. Maybe early season TNG got it, but later seasons moved away from that. And the animated series is like a definite refresher. There's a quote in the season, I think it's the fifth edition of the TOS Writer's Bible, but at the end, they have a long Q&A. And the last quote is, um, are you guys on acid? And the reply is, <laughs> we couldn't get it lit. Oh, God. And I think they must have got it lit before they wrote these ones. Yes. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. dear. Yeah. Still... I cannot imagine being like an eight-year-old kid and this is the first Star Trek you see. I mean, I want to see more, but it would also be this completely like, Jar my image of what Star Trek is like if the first Star Trek I saw was the Infinite Vulcan. You know what's so crazy? It didn't even occur to me that children would be watching this. <laughs> I was like, this is just like us. Children are watching this drug-induced hysteria and that's Star Trek to them? My, I've changed my mind. This is a danger to society. <laughs> what's going on? Oh. Four five-year-old Timmy is traumatized. Just remembering because like when we had Al Marion, he was like, oh my dad would make me turn off the TV whenever he saw us watching Star Trek. Is this why? Did Al Murray's dad see the animation series and decide it was dangerous? Oh gosh. Did you when did you start when? Hidden gem or dark secrets? Yeah. Did you start with this? 
I, no. I have to ask. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I did not oh start with TAS. I, I got to TAS fairly late, actually. Um, I started with the 2009 Star Trek film, and then, like, my mom had been a Trekkie while it was airing. She saw all the films in cinema, but then uh, we went back and watched all of Toss because she didn't see it all while it was airing. Her parents also were like, take that off the TV. Um, they were super like religious and thought that anything futuristic was a little bit uh, towing the line of questionable content. I mean, they um, mustn't have been a big fan of Gene. I'm going to kill God personally, <laughs> Roddenberry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel like just generally anything on the TV was like, uh, I don't like that in my house. We're not going to have that on. <laughs> so um, my mom didn't see all of the series. So we went back and we watched all of Tossed and all of TNG. And I like watched all of Trek with her. It was like our bonding activity. Um, we would just like go to work, go to school, come home, see an episode or two of Trek and sometimes binge it the whole night um yeah but that was that was where I started and then um Tass I came to after watching TNG actually because I realized that Tass was like you know actually fun (laughs) (laughs) I mean not racist (laughs) I mean honestly like TNG is not my favorite series it's probably my least favorite um so like I was and after that I had DS9 lined up but I was like so uh, in this place of like I don't know I'm kind of not vibing with Trek right now after finishing TNG and all the TNG movies um and then I saw that Tass was there and I know that Roddenberry later was like none of this is canon but I was like whatever I'm going to any yeah yeah he said like none of what happens in tests because it's all this legal jargon whatever that happened um so basically any track that comes after is technically not supposed to refer to anything that happens in tests but they have anyway like they've been blacklisted <laughs> from well, the it, IP? i sort of <laughs> i have a vague recollection of what you're talking about and basically Robbie was like it doesn't count because i yeah. technically don't it, technically the company that drew that the whatever animation company did it owned the rights to it until oh. quite recently but they don't own rights to the story. They don't rights to the images, surely. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make sense in any way. When it was being written, they clearly thought it was canon. So for me, it was canon. And I said, <laughs> okay, I miss, I miss Nimoy's voice. So I am going to watch that. <laughs> Very valid. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And it's a hell of a trip to go from like the TNG like and TNG movies like. Nemesis, to, like animated <laughs> series, is like such a fucking end of the switch. Like, wow, that was depressing. That's oh boy, now it's the seventies. <laughs> okay, but Nemesis is also very camp in its own way. So I feel like it's not such a jarring jump. It's just like you have to be prepared to go back to the weird sound effects and funny soundtrack of Taz when you're watching the animated series the weird that suddenly appears out of nowhere in the random screams yeah 
That's when fair. you start with the original series, it does feel like I'm back home. We're home, boys. <laughs> like, oh my god, the computers make silly noises. The computers yeah. make silly noises. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I want to. So like. colorful. Yeah. And Scotty's tired. Oh. <laughs> Scotty He's is totally tired. It's like, why, is it, why do I have to live like this? Scotty was the best part, honestly. Of these two episodes, he's the best part. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's get into it, because the first important comment is the music. I just wrote here, God, I love the music. And it's just like, yes! <laughs> I, I tweeted this, but I really just want my life to be scored by Alexander Courage in the style of the animated series only. And just how my life would be enriched by that experience. The it's direction so it whimsical. <laughs> it's so great. I love it. I'm so glad you guys like picked up on the soundtrack. I love it. I love the soundtrack. Like you sort of, you go across the road and the car comes at you quickly and that sort of action scene plays. You're like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> like you're just standing awkwardly. You're just standing, in a t- you're standing waiting for somebody and it starts playing. You're like, oh What's shit. Like, it's about like a flying dragon comes out of the sky. <laughs> Yes! Oh, all I want in life. Yeah, I love, like, the recycled sounds of these dragons, like, in every episode. It's the same cawing, it's the same screeching noise in every single one. Oh. Uh, Infinite Vogue, we will start first, everyone, with, um, what, Kennedy's said that we should call our listeners quitters. I'm really still unsure of how I feel about (laughs) calling them that. Um, since this is, you know, this was modelled on my experience of being a quitter, I feel like it's a personal affront, but it's not untrue. <laughs> anyway, so quitters, we will be starting with the Infinite Vulcan and moving on to Eye of the Beholder That's after we've recovered. So, we beamed, they beamed down, they're on this funky-ass planet, and Sulu's made friends with a dandelion fluff but then tries to kill him. I, I have here, there's a- That's a real sentence. <laughs> that makes yeah, sense. Sulu is, I've, here I've written triple looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like a, there's flowers and there's around, he, it's lovely, there's grass. Then there's like a spiky little urchin on the ground and he decides to pick it up. And it that was never gonna be a good idea. <laughs> And then, like, Sulu's dying, and then music gets so dramatic, and some plant people turn up and, like, we can save him, really cryptically. Yeah, he's immediately poisoned and has one minute to live in that opening sequence. I feel like the, the broccoli sequence, people will help. The sequence between Sulu having a minute to live and the broccoli people actually helping him takes longer than a minute. I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's noticeably so. It's not like oh, it's a it's a TV show. It's, it's gonna like be a, three minutes a bit yeah. more. It's and like twenty minutes, twenty minute discussion, and everyone's like standing around awkwardly, like, "What are we going to do with this body here?" Well, I guess we could bury it. He's not dead yet. I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking hypothetically. Plant nutrients. It's fine. It's fine. And then when when they do help, we get. <laughs> The iconic frames from the his dick the um his dick fell off because um swear trick gif. Oh yeah. You know, all I was doing was like, hey, that's the swear trick gif. <laughs> that's that one meme. <laughs> it, it's the thing. Yeah. Poor boy on the ground. 
because it's trauma. But it's, you know, it's great because we find out they're a peaceful race of aliens who are, no, they're a peaceful race who are scared of aliens. So Because they all got murked by a bunch of bacteria. And then yeah. the guy who murked them with bacteria saved them all. Mm-hmm. And it's now story. they're gone. Yeah, and it's now yeah. they're gone. <laughs> oh, and are we in Africa? Is, is this colonial Africa? Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> okay. And then they get attacked by the plant dragons. Which oh, that interlude was so interesting. That was like some some sensual tentacle action right there. They get like flown off by the dragons. Now we don't normally kink show on the podcast. However, <laughs> I will take an exception straw. this time. A straw too far. <laughs> a I tentacle mean, I, too far. <laughs> I feel like it's definitely a continuation of the spirit of Toss. If Toss had been able to do tentacles that convincingly, they would have done it. I'm sorry. This is just true. I do wonder if every time somebody on TOS went, we need a tentacle monster, somebody pulled out a tape, put on an episode of old Doctor Who and went, that's why we're not doing a tentacle monster. (laughs) That's why. You see that? That's why we're not doing tentacle monsters. Old Doctor Who is revered. How dare you? We accept that tinfoil shit. You are outvoted, Olivia. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Can't help you now. I I can't. Cartoon Cybermen, love them. If they steal spot. I like yeah, I like what I is that Spock lands on a planet and almost immediately they decide to kidnap him. Like who can blame <laughs> yeah. them? We He's that We love him. Yeah, Spock landed on this planet. Let's face it, we kidnap. Who wouldn't kidnap Spock upon sight? I, I personally. I'd ask him politely first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a nice fellow. <laughs> I wanted and to know he's something how it's a lot of parts, and then you'd have to steal him anyway. That's true. I feel like I've still ended up kidnapping him. <laughs> so yeah, Spock gets kidnapped and taken away by the big birds. And then a large man appears. Yeah, are we are we supposed to know who that was? No, I think so. reference him like we've seen him before, and I don't remember him. No, we have not seen him before. That was like a new intro. That was oh. the character intro. Right. He's, I have spelled his name two different ways in my notes. Caniculus? Yeah, his name is Stavos Caniculus Five. Stavos. <laughs> Do I need to see the first one? Stavos Caniculus is to have seen this one. That's what I was assuming. The real fans have seen them all. Of course, of course. So they have the big, they have this guy and he stole Spock and then he's like, you can't have Spock, you better leave. <laughs> it's basically what he's just like, you can't have him, fuck off. And Kurt's like, well, I guess we'll have to leave. You know, I say he doesn't look very happy about it, but it's 1973 animation, so we can't really tell. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty monotone. Frustrated. I mean, Shitler's trying, but <laughs> God, at what cost? <laughs> so they're back on this ship, and they're like, maybe we can shoot our way back to Spock. And then that doesn't work. So they decide to come up with another plan, which involves um, Scotty's special equipment. 
Yeah, special equipment was a key phrase that I thought, hmm, interesting. Is it a still or a bong? (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking the same thing because it's Which one is it? McCoy's weed cloud? Excuse me? (laughs) The the old family weed cloud. (laughs) We will get that. It's like, I need to get my old family recipe. Really, let it. <laughs> really. I feel like you should put that in your um, Satel road trip. The backstory of that old family recipe. <laughs> <laughs> What's a weed killer? Well, technically, yes, but it's also a- a- another thing. <laughs> also, <a> multi-purpose. <laughs> also, multi-purpose. That just sort of looks her. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not from this planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not from here. I don't know what a bog is. <laughs> so they have, at this point, they've stolen Spock because he's the perfect Vulcan human blend. Again, understandable. Because, <laughs> yeah, because this guy turns out to be a eugenics war scientist because that's definitely a plot line that needed to be brought back. It didn't even make sense because I know it's, it's at the end, but he says he's going to fight eugenics with eugenics. It, it really just doesn't make sense. It's not consistent. Uh. But, um, they have to go find Spock in the tunnels. Oh, I don't know. They're getting attacked by flying pterodactyls again. It's all <laughs> They run down this exciting. tunnel and it's very Scooby-Doo. It's like they're running down yeah. the tunnel, but the image of the tunnel end doesn't get any closer. <laughs> yeah. It's extremely Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I mean, the best part is like, what's that? That's why it's comforting. I, it's, it feels familiar. Yeah, it's a very, it's like a warm extremely high it's like a warm it's like a wet a mixed momentum it's like having it's like a hug from somebody who's completely baked a wet hug <laughs> no it's like a, it is like you've been hugged by somebody who is just completely baked like they've and they're just the amount of weed they've smoked in the last three hours like but like you're being hugged it's a really comfy hug but also you smell like South Croydon, which is a very specific word. Oh, no. Let's all cancel John for that. <laughs> it's like... South Croydon, rise up. It's like you sort of get hugged, but then you come up and go, that was a nice hug. But I'm going to have to throw this shirt away. <laughs> God. So, um, yeah, they get chased by this flapping sound, which is an iconic William Shatner line, of course. You know, I can hear a flapping sound. Flapping sound. <laughs> And they get to Spock, except Spock's brain is being drained. Is it? An, oh my gosh, Spock's brain. That's the, the iconic energy this episode is giving off. Spock's brain, one of the top tier episodes of Star Trek of all time, <laughs> up there with masks. It has that energy. It has that star quality. It has that X factor. I see it now with clarity. And John is so happy about this. <laughs> it is the one. <laughs> just accept <laughs> I've driven him to drink um, I guess that's time 110 on this podcast 114 <laughs> so Look, who's dying? oh yeah Spock is dying but, okay, but it's okay because there's Spock too yeah it's not all bad Like I, I, I love Spock but you know there's a not giant version of him right there so I'm not that upset. Is Spock so good why isn't there a Spock too? Well the joke's on you there is <laughs> Honestly I love the impulse of like kidnapping Spock 
looking at him and saying, you know what's better than Spock? Spock big. Spock humongous. We need Spock big boy. mega fauna Spock. <laughs> I want a Spock that can pick up a small city. Yeah. That's what I need. <laughs> this is why I can't be mad at them. Like, who among us would not want this? A giant Spock. Stone. I mean, I will, I will once again say we don't normally kick shame on the podcast, Olivia. But if you want a giant Spock, you will have to do it on your own budget and not take your podcast budget. My own budget. I mean, <laughs> this podcast of ours, which definitely have I, a budget. They're not even phased by giant Spock. Which no. I feel like true fans would be. Yeah. They don't I admire just sort of going, oh. Masks. Yeah, it's like, imagine, I admire sort of going, oh, Spock's big. Anyway, let's get the weed out. <laughs> <laughs> like, ha! All right, well, all right, hot box time. They really We've already had too much. <laughs> hot box, and they just murder these plants that obviously can't handle. But like, this is a really weird thing. They nerve gas, and the nerve gas clears, and it's like Spock still being mindset. It's a big Spocko. Yeah, apparently that's what I wrote in the notes. Big Spocko. What do we think about big Spocko? I love the big mind meld. Just one finger. Just a little touch. (laughs) (laughs) like, it's... The bit where, like, Scotty and her are communicating and it's like the tiny communicator in big Spock's hand. Just dumb. I just wish we got to see big Spock cradling little Spock in his arms. Little it's like big cook, little cook, but with Spock. <laughs> oh, that's a... weirdly specific. <laughs> that's that's a that's how my brain went. Is that a very specific reference? I feel like. Do you right. not know a big? Do you, do you not remember Big Cook, Little Cook? The CBB what show was that on? That was a British show. It was like a cooking show for kids, and there was a huge cook. There was a normal sized cook and a tiny cook. And they cook. <laughs> We're alienating the viewers again. I have it we- up. <laughs> In my mind, it was a sketch show, but apparently it was just one show that was all about Big Cook, Little Cook. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. If you remember Big Cook, Little Cook, send us a message at Quit Star Trek Pod on Twitter. <laughs> if you don't, well, that seems like a you problem. It seems like treachery against the crown. Anyway. Um, so um, he wants Big Spock as a globe, as a galactic peacekeeping force. That's because Big Spock is apparently the master race. Wait, there's a part where Kirk says, "Explain it to me, sir. Explain it to me." And the cadence and the tone just struck me. It could fuel fan fiction for the ages. It just had a very specific tone, and I don't know if we need to all go back and just hear that. Explain it to me, sir. <laughs> but um. You know, if you need any inspiration for your writing, just you know, I'll get the time I love stamp. insight to your mind, Olivia. It's just so telling. It so was telling. very like, <laughs> what's that pleading emoji face? <laughs> oh, That's the energy it was giving. Father, please. Oh God. <laughs> He's just a normal. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, he wants um, to use big Spocker as a as a master race. To impose peace 
And then Kirk is like, we, we, we have peace. We, we did that. It's like, dude, have you not been paying attention to the news for a hundred years? It's a very silly ending. His reasoning doesn't quite make sense. No, I feel like like Kirk's arguments are all around the basis of like, okay, your plan sucks because we already have peace and also because Spock appreciates infinite diversity, so he would not want to be a part of your like homogenizing uh, master race or whatever, but like he doesn't at all address the fact that it's a bad idea because it's rooted in like colonialism and racism and you get it. He's only gloss over that. They're like, no, this is a bad idea because it's redundant. Well, I guess it's a kid's show. But the guy says, uh, you know, I'm doing this. What about, there's no peace. What about the eugenics wars? What about all this stuff? You said you're going to solve eugenics with eugenics, man. I need you to think it through. Mate, just have a think. It's uh, so eventually big Spocko's like, actually, I don't need to be the master race. But, but then Tiny Spocker's dying, so he then mind... I love Sulu doesn't call it a mind bell, he says, mind touch. Because he can't really bell, he just sort of boots it with a finger. Cute, it's dainty. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then, so yeah, Tiny... But Spock... Giant Spock, like, stays on the planet. I like thinking... Caniculus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the Velosians. That's um, about the fact that Giant Spock is just out there vibing, vibing, vibing. <laughs> potentially <laughs> visitable. This is why it's not canon. Roddenberry yeah. can't handle that potential in the universe. Exactly. Exactly. I can't remember who, like a week, like a couple of days ago, when wait, did Picard go to Big Spock's wedding? <laughs> I've been thinking about that ever since. Because <laughs> Picard in Sarek, Picard is like. Oh, I went to Sarek's son's wedding. And everyone's like, is that Spock? We don't say it's like, would Spock get married again after Kirk's dead? Obviously not. Does Sarek have another secret child? Potentially. Quite obviously. Like if that that's the logical answer, Sarek <laughs> has more secret children. But I like the idea that Spock, that Picard just went to Big Spock's wedding. We need that on screen. Yeah, They've had do. the technology. TOS time. They, we we saw Apollo. We used to get giant and a Nimoy. <laughs> well, not anymore, but we, we could have. We could do, they could, they could have it as a cutaway in Lower Decks or something. We can do yeah. giant Ethan Peck, though. Let's all pause and think about that for a second. Just... Yes. <laughs> what about Let's Ethan Peck? Big. <laughs> That's what you think about I it. See the I vision. quit Star Trek pod. <laughs> 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 Giant Ethan. There's a sort of two sides to the audience of this podcast that half of the audience will have gone, what? And the other half will be running around screaming. Imagine we somehow get a meeting at an exec office and that's all we say. <laughs> that's Giant just what we do. It's like <laughs> I'm holding all the time. notes for like this like <laughs> edge of midnight time. adaption. And you're just like, Giant Ethan Peck, and then escort me out the room. Yeah. <laughs> like, I give you a look like you're about to give the pitch of your life. I, a subtle gesture. <laughs> no, I've got this. And we're escorted out. 
That's how it's going to go. That's how it should be. Okay. So, trivia for the Infinite Vulcan. Walter Koenig wrote this. Mm-hmm. Which, considering what? he wasn't in the show. Yeah. Good sport. Um, they offered him a script before they told him he wasn't going to be in the show. And he wrote it, and he sort of liked the writing it, and he was like, I like, he was, took stuff from, like, cloning and concepts of peacekeeping. And, um, but the, the vegetable, the broccoli people thing with Gene. And Walter, yeah, Walter said of it, Gene thought this, since this was animation, we should take advantage of it and wanted me to bring in these talking vegetables. I wrote these characters and there was actually a tongue-in-cheek description of them, referring to them as pomegranates or asparagus or whatever, but Gene kept asking me for rewrites. I did 10 drafts. I never thought I could get through 10 drafts. It was just an unbearable process. Gene kept saying, let's use talking vegetables. (laughs) This is animation. Let's do this. Let's do that. So I had to keep making adjustments to accommodate the medium in which we were working. So that wasn't very pleasant. Gene wanted them to be more vegetable-like? Yes, he wanted more talking vegetables. Well, at first I thought he didn't want them like that. And I was like, I'm actually going to be against his vision. Like, he was a coward. But I'm full on for Gene's vision now, of course. They should have been literal broccoli. I'm just imagining, like, Walter Koenig and Gene Rodriguez sitting across the table and Gene Rodriguez goes, you know, there's, like, pipe and mouth. Hold on. (laughs) You see, you see, Walter... (laughs) I like the script, but here's a problem. What is it, Gene? It needs more vegetables. What? It needs more vegetables, just, Walter. The script needs more vegetable people. But this is I the just need everyone to understand what we need. John had the pipe, like, okay, like, centimeters away from him. It was just on hand for this Yeah, I did. Doing. I did has to lean be- out and grab the pipe from my pen tray, where I just, yeah. What the fuck, Gene? <laughs> Vegetables? I can't believe this made it through 10 drafts, though. <laughs> it's went through 10 drafts and this is what came out. 10 drafts is torture. Well, Rutherbury's comment on it was, um, if we want to go to a planet where there is intelligent life form that's derived from plants, we could do that. Well, if you can't find any intelligent plants in the Actors Guild, when you make an evening show. Um, Thanks, Gene. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. <laughs> Cheers, Gene. So, yeah, Chekhov was not in this. Um, Koenig actually auditioned for the voice of Caniculus. I felt I kind of, I was kind what of screwed around. Audition? I don't know. He said. How dare they? <laughs> I felt I was kind of screwed around because I asked if I could come in and read for the plot of Caniculus and they said, yeah, and it was really lip service, he recollected. I came in, I read, and they had no intention of hiring, so that upset me. However, in, in character design, Stamos Caniculus, in Incarnations 1 and 5, was a dead ringer for Koenig himself as he looked in the 70s. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, who That's himself? Really Who's this person? Caniculus, the big guy. That's yeah. what he was designed to look like, Walter Koenig. Yeah. Oh. oh did <laughs> <he>? <laughs> I need to look at him again, because I don't see anything. Well, I guess it's like in the style of the animation. 
I guess I can see it in the bowl cut or whatever. I think this is an insult. He shouldn't. Another way to be mean. What did Walter Koenig do to Gene Roddenberry? I'm looking at the his face. I mean, the body, sure, he's like buff, but like the face is an insult. Oh well. Uh, well, that was um, the Infinite Vulcan. And now to round two. <laughs> I am the Beholder. Oh, this one was even more just fever dream. Yeah. So they go to this planet where apparently this science team, all six people beamed down, haven't been heard of. So immediately this includes to send the command crew down because that's how Star Trek works. Yeah. Bones is... Um racist again he's still racist even animated yeah <laughs> people, both is racist people talk, like five seconds into the episode we're gonna have a quick star trek on is leonard mccoy a racist at some point i he feel is. like it's gonna be controversial he is. He is. but he's charming so it's fine that was sarcastic tone just making sure <laughs> no, okay <laughs> the listeners know that what are they speaking about? I just have the words white. Oh yeah, there. There's like a weird like reference to the risk is our business. I feel like yeah, that's they say just bad. It's, it's just not. It's a bit shit. And then... it's just like, why are we taking the risk to go down there? If they were disappeared. Well, that's our job. But shit job. <laughs> <laughs> no job security. <laughs> they go down and immediately they have to shoot a space dragon no that's a space dinosaur it's different yeah it's a space dinosaur before the space dragon because they, they shoot they were both dragons and but it does dragon. dinosaur. and then and then let him and then bones gets crushed by a dinosaur tail which is hilarious <laughs> it's, just it's like his legs kicking it's like surely he's been suffocated and died by that or being crushed exactly who wrote dinosaur sits on his face what the hell was going on? <laughs> what was going tail. on? It's the dinosaur's tail. I demand answers. <laughs> <sighs> but and yeah, like... we see. I watched this one before, um, before the other one. Um, so I was just, you know, taken aback by these animated dragon slash dinosaur people. And Amazing. They, to, they walk across this desert. And Leonard complains compla- about having salt. So- sand in his shoes which like firstly like you're wearing like car five boots how do you get sand in there <laughs> like firstly yeah that's my music like car five boots like did, did you roll down a sand dune or something is there a hole in your boot that's not how they work <laughs> i don't know why i'm angry about this in an animated show with flying dragons and, <laughs> and no, telekinetic she... slugs <laughs> Note to myself, add this to a list of John's rants. The seven cruiser list, add this to the list. <laughs> Why? Let it... It's a fair comment. It's a fair Does he make a threat? Like, he's like, he says something about medical lab. I just have shoes are full of sand slash medical lab threat. Well, I think he's like, my shoes are full of sand. And um, Spock is like, are you going to add anything useful to this scientific conversation? And... Then yeah. it's just like, fuck off. <laughs> just friendly jousting between enemies. But they, and then um, they're, in, they're like, they go to a stream and Spock's like, this water is too pure. Yeah. Which, Which is yeah. a great line because Bones has already drank from this random lake, apparently. Yeah. 
Of course he has. And then they get they get attacked by flying monsters, except the flying monsters are the exact same animation as the ones from the episode we just watched. Yeah. They're the same animation. As the, I don't think they've even changed. They got rid of like the flying tentacles. But it's the same monsters as from the Infinite Vulcan. Look, if Disney can do it, Star Trek can do it. It's fine. I think more animation needs to start reusing animation slides just as a shit post. (laughs) Like, I know that Phineas and Ferb did it a lot. I just think more animation should just start doing it for like shit posty reasons. It's going to be funny. Oh, yeah. So the most insane thing about this is they're grabbed by these pterodactyls. What is it? Oh no, it's not even those, it's one of the, it's the slug ones, isn't it? They're grabbed by the slugs, yeah. Yeah. The slugs, yeah. yeah. But like, they've been trapped for hours, apparently. Like, it just cuts to them being saying, it's been hours. Like, imagine the strain, that's, they're like, they're being carried, imagine the muscle strain. (laughs) I love that, that sequence, because like, at one point during that, I think Spock says something like, he finds the alien strangely attractive or something like that. He said that, and I kind of had to pause there and internalize that and get peace in my soul. Because we have to remember that Spock, Spock is an made, alien fucker, guys. This is Spock is an alien fucker, not just Kirk. I can't but it's believe like, it. Like the Horter. Remember that Spock and the Horter were flirting with each other. Yes. Everyone yes. forgets that. Oh, First dear. contact with the Horter, and he's taking the Jim Kirk prerogative, and he flirts with her. But he was just so trying to get Kirk jealous. <laughs> yeah, it's so rare to hear him say that something is like attractive. That I was just like, "Wow, you choose the slug aliens. This is so interesting. Thank you, thank you, Spot, for that." Him and Jim were having a rough patch. It's just like <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry, I can't be that slug, Spot. Like I'm sorry <laughs> that my beauty standards won't allow me to be this pink slug, and now I feel terrible. So well done. It's like when they get back to the ship, McCoy walks in and Jim Kirk's covering himself with red body paint, making tentacles just like, <laughs> Jim, what the fuck are you doing? It's not what it looks like. I know exactly what it looks like, and I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with this today. They go to like this weird candy city, like Willy Wonka place, which is where these slugs live, which is nice. Except it becomes clear that they're like in a zoo. And they mention it almost every second once it becomes clear. Mm -hmm. Fuck, did you know we're in a zoo? (laughs) I am informed that we're in a zoo, Captain. But these strange aliens, they're making like, what does he say? They're making impressions so he can understand them, kind of. Spock can understand them. Yeah, but like to them. Humans are ants. I was like, I'm ants of these motherfuckers. Like they, they're slugs. I was offended, like personally. <laughs> yes, but then again, Olivia, the slugs did imprison them. Like, gotta hand. I, I'm, I'm not saying we gotta hand it to the slugs, but, but we kind of gotta hand I it mean, to the slugs. Just because they have strong arms, or whatever those <laughs> tentacles are. But yeah, fine. <laughs> So then they get dumped to the human pen and then they beat the most British posh boy. I was so upset for them. Imagine being trapped and you find out there are British people there. I mean... (laughs) Can't relate. (laughs) I'm trapped in this island with British people. (laughs) But I'm definitely sure that was was probably um, what's his name? 
James Doohan doing the voice, to be honest. Yeah, it probably oh. was. Because he had um, what I call a suspiciously British accent, where I can't tell if they're actually British. But like everyone seems to have that on every American show. I don't know if it's a contrast. Yeah, it is Doohan, because he did like 90% of the voices on it. Mm. But, uh, well, I guess, you know, when you spend four years here learning to kill Nazis, you pick up a few voices. He's so, so unhelpful. Oh, unhelpful. He just says, yeah, we're in a zoo. It's tremendous. Unbelievable. And I'm like, okay, are you going to try and plan on getting <laughs> out? Or? Like, well, well, we try, but I guess we're going to wait till the pub's open. <laughs> <laughs> And then Spock's like, oh, they're, look, they're watching us through the screen. Oh, they're laughing at us. It's quite funny to be no, like, no, ah, no, they're no, laughing. No, 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 he doesn't say they're laughing at us. He says they're yeah. laughing at me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good personally, okay? <laughs> oh, God. We were laughing at me. I mean, at first, like, they arouse a quivering motion. I was like, okay, what's going on here? Okay. Reaches, <laughs> no. for hor- reaches to reaches for horny alarm. Oh wait, no, they're just being horrible. To spot. <laughs> yeah, never mind. It's just bullying, so it's fine. Uh- <laughs> so, yeah, they have to concentrate to make get what they want. So they get food, and then they get medical supplies. Yeah, someone's dying, which I don't really care because I don't know them. Yeah, <laughs> can't relate. And then tends to die. I think, yeah, that's Kirk Pernstein, but then, yeah, because they, like, we're going to pretend to be ill so we could get our communicator. And they get the communicator, and then Kirk, act, like, they beam the baby slug up, and Scotty's just like, what the fuck is this? Wait, pause. <laughs> Before this, does anyone else think they could have made a nice life for themselves in the zoo? All they have to do is think about what they want, and it is given to them. You could have Olivia, a we've all watched face. the cage. <laughs> like, you, I'm just saying. Anyway, no, it was um back to Scotty being just absolutely done with their shit. He's clear like, with their shenanigans once more. He's like, he beams up a child slug. He's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> and then the slug takes him to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> on the bridge, he's in the slugs up and he's like, he's not like <laughs> struggling, he's just kind of like, well I guess this is happening today. And like Maress is like, um, what's happening? Scotty? He's like, I don't know, but this thing's in charge now. And she's like, should I do it? Should we do anything? He's like, nope. I can handle it. <laughs> I got this guy. <laughs> so like everyone leaves him and the slug on the bridge. They become besties. Yeah. Cute. <laughs> it's insane that like it is why I want to see Scotty and the slug kid on adventures. That's what I want from an animated show. Okay, actually, me too. <laughs> yeah, just think about it. I agree with that. I agree. Maybe with they that. became pen pals after this. They seem to have something going on. Best friends. Because um, then, yeah, Scotty convinces the kid that they're not shit, and the kid saves them, and they escape the zoo because the slug people are like, well, you're where we used to be, so I guess we should let yeah. you get to where we are. Like Whatever only like a few centuries ago, like you're terrible now. But um, yeah, give it twenty centuries, <laughs> which is just a. It's so not even like our centuries. It may be their centuries. <laughs> yeah, it could be billions of years. <laughs> so, um, I do love 
Kirk's coming to the end was like, well, whatever it is, it's not our problem. Not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, Jim. Thank you. Just in general, I feel like this episode was, I don't know, I feel like Tass is unintentionally hilarious to me just because on a technical basis, um, it takes itself really seriously, but it's just like <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> It takes itself so much more seriously than the original series ever did. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just because the nature of the animation is you can't tell when, like, the actors are trying to corpse. There's no, like, room for the sort of... The sort of looks actors give each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a sort of... You watch more modern anime, like something like Lower Decks, for example. They, they work that kind of thing in, because they could do it with the animation and with the sort of... the technology they have. But with like 70s and even like 80s and 90s animation, they just don't have the technology to have no, background no, characters exchange no. glances with each other. No. But also the voice actors took their jobs super seriously. Because like in this episode, there's one sequence where Shatner's like yelling into the mic and the sound <laughs> yeah. gets all distorted. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite part of the episode. That's so good. Because he's just going in. He's giving it his all. It's wonderful. I think the only people who kind of get that they're doing a wacky kids show are like James Doohan and Marjo Barrett because they do voice they did voiceovers mm-hmm. for a living anyway, so they know yeah. you have to kind of loosen up. But everybody else, it's obvious that they're recording alone in a studio and just or reading the, the lines. Out. Yeah, reading the lines out in front of them as they see it. Yeah. It's sort of like, you sort of see like when a new in there with like a cigarette hand, just like uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> okay but Nimoy has no place to be speaking because he did the ballad of Bilbo Baggins which is a bop is <laughs> I'm not bagging on the, the biggest bop but he is a playful man it's going to be another revelation that I haven't heard this you haven't heard this it's so good I should stop I'm putting the, who's editing this? I can't tell what week this is. You're editing, I'm editing this, this week. It's staying in. <laughs> yes, I, that is what I wanted. Okay. Right. So. Trivia. Um, there is trivia. no trivia. There's barely any trivia on this one. It's just kind of like, it was easy to draw the slug people and they borrowed a lot oh, of, of course it was. this. That's basically <laughs> it. Olivia. You're such a slug. No offense, but yeah, sure. <laughs> The slug people were super easy to draw apart from they didn't need to do feet and they just had to do the sort of tentacle shit. Yeah, that's kind of it. Um, Nothing I was very worried about what the trivia would be for this series. I mean, how mad could it possibly get? But it's fine so far. It's just kind of... TNG's worse. The thing about the animated series is that it reads like... The entire thing feels like a web series done by Star Trek Twitter. Yeah. Like, in a, yeah. like there are some actually really interesting plot ideas. Like, I watched Beyond the Farthest Star, which feels like it should be a much better story, but somebody, never fi- somebody didn't have time to finish, so they rounded off the end. It just kind of feels like Twitter put it together in a very shitposty way. That's yeah. like such a high compliment. That should be like on the poster, the little tagline they, they have. 
like, like if infinite Vulcan, it feels like somebody drew big Spock and it got like 20k likes, and then somebody wrote a thick based off of big Spock. That's what the infinite Vulcan feels like. Yeah, like the fact that they're 20 minute episodes really makes the series so bingeable to me. I, I don't know. I feel like I can put it on while I'm cooking, not pay too much attention and look up and at any moment something absolutely crazy is going to be happening. Um, but like, there's not necessarily enough time to give the right development to no. some of these ideas. And some of them are, are pretty decent. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like Yesteryear is a decent episode. Yesteryear is a very good episode. I yeah. hope that one's still canon. I haven't seen it. I mean, even though Roddenberry was like, this series isn't canon, um, things, details from that episode have been worked into canon. Um, just what like... Don't listen to Roddenberry. Literally. <laughs> As uh, the living embodiment of Jean's vision, the real vision is just to do whatever you want. That's really the vibe of Trek, you know? And I have the authority to say that. We all have the authority to say that because we're all Jean's vision. Sad, lonely, roaringly horny, and have a burning desire to kill God. (laughs) (laughs) I just... Like, normally when I bring up Gene's vision, I talk about the friendly sexy, but nothing no, gets me more than how much time. that man wanted to kill God. This like, I feel like sometimes... You didn't just... mention friendly sex. This was going to no, be the I only episode. That yet. But I just feel like sometimes he turned around to Majel Barrett and went, Majel, I want to kill God. And she just went, that's <laughs> lovely, dear. <laughs> like, we... Sort of like, we're sort of at dinner. And he's like, can I kill... I, gotta, I really want to fucking murder God. It's like, that's great. Eight You're doing amazing. <laughs> Just, this is, I, the animated series and the motion picture are probably the purest image of Gene's vision. Wow, that's a very controversial statement. <laughs> having watched TM, having watched the motion picture recently, as you will, as anyone who saw my 200 screen, no, 150 yeah. screenshot <laughs> thread of TMP, which, um, Shitposting at its finest, I'll say. It's just sort of slightly nonsensical vibes. That's Gene's vision. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's what the animated yeah. series is. I mean, if... That's if the, I hope the energy that pushes you forward when you're a random person who started with the original series of Star Trek, this weird 60s space show. That's what keeps you going. People act surprised. <laughs> It is, I mean, well, it is still on that point, while we're all here as um, youths, it is interesting to me that all, like, 90% of the people our age on Trek Twitter started with TOS or are obsessed with TOS. Like, we all love Garrick, and that's an accepted norm. <laughs> but, like, everybody is just kind of, like, on a TOS train that seems slightly odd. I mean, I have no problem with it. It just kind of seems out of kilter. Russell yeah I feel like at least personally <laughs> it's it's a very aesthetic thing like 
I feel like I'm just very attracted to TOS visually in comparison with some of the other tracks. And I love DS9. I, DS9 is my fave, as you guys know. But the visuals on that show, <laughs> there is no lighting on that show. Yeah. Just, just turn the sprightness <laughs> up a couple of switches, Ben. Just press the button a couple more times. It goes up higher. <laughs> It's just, this is why we need the HD, but apparently it's impossible. Probably because they didn't turn the lights on. They say it's a technical issue, but really, it's just. No. It's I just, receive a bargain by the light switch. I've explained the Gen Z slash gay Twitter love of TOS by just posting that picture of um, a screenshot of shot of screenshot a screenshot of Spock wearing that um, what was it that little Roman outfit he wears. <laughs> What episode is it? The one where they're all being controlled, they're mind controlled by those people. Is it the one? Someone's got um, There's a quite few of those. There's like yeah, there are a couple. He's wearing oh, you mean the um, He's one got we the laurels did. in his. The one yes, we did. Yes, we did it, and I'm really yes. Plato's stepchildren. <laughs> Plato's yeah, stepchildren. When he has that little outfit on, the theater kid energy is just so high. How could we ignore that? I mean, I. <sighs> I kind of have to agree with when that it is just the aesthetic for me of just sort of the retro future of pajamas and sailor trousers and boots and primary colours. <laughs> yes, primary colours. That <laughs> is yeah. it. There's That's a reason it. my cupboard is full of Star Trek uniforms because it's just primary colours. <laughs> Beautiful. But it just, you know, whenever we have older guests on and we're like, oh, everybody our age likes TOS, they're kind of like, you started you sure? It was sort of like, really? I mean, even my dad was baffled. My dad was kind of baffled by Spurk, so. I mean, honestly, I, I, like, I feel like if you're going to start with Star Trek, um, I don't know, some of the more recent series have pacings that we're more used to. So going back might be harder. But if you start from the beginning where the pacing's already like super slow or like gets weird sometimes, it's like, okay, well, it'll get better hopefully in some future. <laughs> <laughs> At least that was like my experience where I started with Toss and I was like, okay, some of these episodes are really slow or really boring. But then you reach DS9 and you're like, great. There we go, boys. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen. So refreshing. Sam, his um, friend from a long, long time ago, there um, live tweeted themselves watching all of Star Trek at um, I've never seen Star Trek, and they're just live tweeting themselves watching. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, they're watching the whole thing, and it's kind of interesting watching somebody who's just sort of not seen it do TOS season one because they just I think they did a mock time last night. So this is what Steve sees the what just kind of like this is really plotting. This is a mock really time. Plotting. I need to see. Oh my god, this is great! This is really I need plotting. To see that. It goes through. They did a mock <laughs> time yesterday, so yeah, they wanted to come on because they're like, oh yes, um, Kirk, Spock, uh, McCoy, and Scotty as a polycule, which is a take I have never heard before. Wait, is Scotty in that? Wait, who's that? Yeah, Kirk, oh. Spock, Scotty, <laughs> Bones as a Quads polycule. I've never heard of that before. Either. I have never heard before. And I want to hear the reasoning. Because as much as I I'm love Scotty, Scotty is the token strength. 
I'm sorry. He's 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 a straight uncle who is really into yeah. it. You kind of wish you'd just go back to the basement. I have no. I'm trying to find the Fred, so I can... no preferences for Scotty. I just know that Scotty and Uhura are my life. That's all I know. As you know, I know you. You're on the Scotty the Enterprise train. <laughs> I know that. I respect that. <laughs> Scotty, Scotty, Scotty has Scotty two has hands, love and it is a it is a Mark Nine war pension. <laughs> Scotty has two hands. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Both of them are on the warp core. Just holding it. <laughs> like, are you all right there, Scotty? Yeah, I'm fine. You going to let go of that warp core anytime soon? No, I'm fine. <laughs> it's, it's two in the morning. I know. I'm, I'm fine. I'm having I'm a sure. moment. <laughs> The engineer team just backs away from him. <laughs> it's great. It's like, you are right with the MHC, because it's this sort of terrifying, I say terrifying, blessed continuation of TOS. And I think we need, it's sort of, all TOS content feels like good TOS content, even when it's tripe, just because it's so vibey. Yeah. Like, sometimes I will go and watch, like, Star Trek Phase 2 and Star Trek Continues on YouTube, despite them being really shit. Just, like, fan films of it, which, like... Star Trek Phase 2, Jim Kirk is played by an Elvis impersonator, which is hilarious to me. Oh, you know, I, I watch these things at, like, 3 a.m., I think, at summer <laughs> camp <laughs> one year. And it was just, like, I didn't even know what I was watching because... I didn't know about them, but I'd met someone at summer camp who was a super Trekkie um, and we hit it off and they were like, have you seen these things? And I was like, no. So we spent, we stayed up all night on our last night and I got on my flight, that thing's still haunting my brain. Yeah. It's just, it's really funny watching this man with like the full Elvis quiff do like a Jim, do like yeah. a William Shatter impression. It's like, to, I'll send you the link. I need to like, see this. It's like an hour yeah, long, and it's not like? the worst plot, but it does feature people browning up as Klingons, which I didn't need to do, guys. Didn't need to do. And then oh, Star Trek Continues has a higher budget, but the guy who plays Jim Kirk is also a piece of shit. Yeah. But uh, they're fan films in the sense of which they're shit, but I'm there for the vibe, not the content. <laughs> what is oh, God, I'm the... <laughs> No, every Star Trek fan film just looks like porn. Oh, yeah. What is happening? <laughs> like this looks like I, I I don't know if you saw the screenshots on Twitter of um a Star Trek porn parody by men, I think by men. And it looks like it. It just looks the same. Last content. The animated series. What do we think then? Can we quit? I don't think we can. I can't quit my heart. Is that because you're a face of the heart, Olivia? I quit the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I quit the podcast. I quit the podcast. The goal was open. It was right there. The football was right in front of me. And I went up and yeeted it right I into can, the center. I can never express 
any anything of anything of faith. That, that's basically I can uh-huh. never express any positive emotion then. No. <laughs> There's no way of getting around this, is my point. Anyway, when you wouldn't quit this, would you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can't quit either because it's it's so comforting. It is, as I said, it is yeah. like being hugged by a pothead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh so beautiful. I'm so glad because then when we start this podcast, people are like, "You've got to do the animated series. You've got to do it." And I was like, eh, "Is it just too bad to do?" And the thing I've learned yeah. is that the episodes that people think are bad are either unbearably dull, so we don't do them, mm-hmm. or they're insane and we love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like when I was thinking of episodes to bring, I didn't want to bring anything that was super boring because I know that tasks can get pretty boring um but those boring ones aren't even necessarily bad they're just like dull um so yeah I didn't bring the worst but I didn't bring the best either the happy medium of like getting hugged by a pothead so yeah do we do trip nips I think we have to. I think we have to rate the system the triplet scale. It's been too long since we did triplets, so I think they're coming back. Did you see that on our normal? We have a group chat for Destination Star Trek. Maybe this will get cut. I don't know. We have a group chat for Destination Star Trek London, and someone referred to triplets. Like it's now in the ether of like being (laughs) a phrase. And yes. they, they, I don't think they even follow the podcast or even follow either of us, but it's just out there and it's just that's my contribution, or it's your contribution to the world. It's my, well, it's I'm not my contribution. I can't it. remember who came up with trip and yeah, it, it was um, Noah. In Noah! I episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is how long it's been plaguing us. <laughs> it's episode four like of the of our, podcast. Kind of early episodes. It is one of those things yeah. where, like, I was thinking about just... things like merch because we we're going to do like charity merch. And one of those things I want to do is get little pins with nipples on that have trip nip underneath. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, are there, are, are, is it going to be pins that are like one nipple each or three nipples on one pin? There's two nipples. <laughs> on... <laughs> it's the, you know the two nipples from his arm. It's going to be like that. I'm going to go and get the screenshot. Oh, it was we'll two. Get that. We'll See, stick just... it on. It's two. I, I thought it was three, so like in my head, it's even worse. Like I'm it's just two. Is you're just mix. adding nipples. <laughs> That's just like the reflection of the pain, like the mental pain. Yeah, if you would like a, if like you would like a trip nip pin, um, comment and underneath right. the Twitter post this podcast is posted on. I will. Okay, you can do that, but I'll block you. <laughs> <laughs> I will find out who's commenting, and you'll be blacklisted. Anyway. Ah, uh, the curseness of these two episodes together. I'm going to give the Infinite Vulcan four, and I have the Beholder six, maybe seven, with one being uncursed and ten being the maximum cursed. Such a visceral image. <laughs> <laughs> When the first, Sammy. Um, okay, Infinite Vulcan. Yeah, it's like, it's like a four. And Eye of the Beholder, 
is a six. Yeah. Wait, John, did you? Did you? I said seven. The same? Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did I you just say the same number? Eye of the Beholder was more cursed because of the slugs. So I will give it seven. And I just, you know, I feel bad giving it such a high score because to me, it's like an insult. Like, Olivia, it's not you've even like hated curses, these it's slugs. Bad. You've just hated these slugs from the beginning. I just think these upper tea slugs thinking that they're better than me. <laughs> no. Okay. And then like, what is the, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, what was the other episode called? The Infinite Vulcan. It wasn't yesterday. I, I was thinking yesterday, sorry. Um, Infinite Vulcan. It wasn't that cursed. We got lots of spots, so free. I don't know. Yeah, free, free trip maps. There, I'm done. So we got an average of 6.6 recurring for Eye of the Beholder and an average of 3.6 recurring for the Infinite Vulcan. Those are pretty good. Why is it a calculation? I did it on my phone. <laughs> Why is I... it equation? <laughs> I've written it down. I will file it into the notes. Along Why with all is the it other going on an Excel messages. spreadsheet? This is... You know, I, I have but Excel it's... spreadsheets for all my important things. You know, date, fictional Star Trek dates, um, history I need to read, and triplets. It's important things. What is 3.6 triplets? <laughs> It's three triplets and a triplet that had yet to develop entirely, so it's kind of like oh, poking out of the skin. Oh you can tell it, it's like it looks like a zit, but it's like, oh, that's not, that's, that's not act. Oh no, this is why I hate it. It's the imagery. It's the imagery of it. Oh my gosh, the pain I feel, the pain I'm feeling. I can't even get out of my mind. Like it's just in there. I would apologize. To Olivia and the listeners, but um, I won't because Olivia will Remember get her I own. I said that my inside. day was renewed because of this. Yeah, it's over. Well, I'll I'll say this much, which is I will improve it because I'm gonna use the animated music movie mu animated series music for the intro and outro this week. Yeah. I just feel oh, like yeah. it deserves that. I love that. But yeah, um, yeah. thank you so much, Wen, for um, renewing Olivia so I could destroy her again. <laughs> Literally, what happened? <laughs> And, um, I will rise next... again next week. With sure. more tickets. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. I didn't even hear, and I'm gonna have to <laughs> watch, listen to the episode in like two weeks' time to know what was said. I how had, I was I, had telling. I, had telling. I will. Don't edit it out. Don't edit it out. I will. I have to find out in two weeks, and that's just my my arc. So, when, if our followers, if our quitters would like to find you, where can you be found? If you would like to be found. If you, you know, if you don't want to be found, we can obviously, you know, erase you from time or existence. I have those powers. No, they can find I'm British, so we can do what we want. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> um, you can find me at Skeptic Amoeba on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Where mm -hmm. the art and I do writing. I should mention now, of course, that Wen did the wonderful, wonderful art for our podcast, which is best seen, of course, on your phone, your computer, or somebody's TV screen. Thank you, Sean. As well as Iconic. on the computer next to me and in using as reaction photos by me. <laughs> I, I get a lot of mileage out of it. <laughs> uh, 
I love it. I do love it. It's a Your beautiful. art is like the one professional aspect of our podcast. It makes us look legit. <laughs> Like yeah, way more people, legit than we are. People see a podcast calling Scrag because like, oh, that looks fun. Jokes are new. It's two black gay people talking random crap. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. You thought it'd be cool. <laughs> That's exactly what I would love to encounter. Yeah, it's, it's like whenever someone's like, I know my parents tell like their friends like, John has a podcast, and I know that very much. It's like they must be like, oh, what's it about? And my parents just must sort of go. It is sort of, I don't know, my dad was enthusiastic, but I get the feeling my mom just doesn't know what to say about <laughs> That's both my parents. My parents don't even like sci-fi, so they're just confused as to what the oh hell's been God. happening for the past three years. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who are these people? I am interested, though, because like people, a lot of people come to this podcast from our Twitter because they know us. And I, if you have come to this podcast and you didn't know us beforehand, what happened when you started listening? Do tell us. Yeah, when, when, I go want come, to know. Go to at Quit Star Trek Pod, um, at us on Twitter, and tell us what was if your you first reaction. Twitter, you... Yeah, if you don't have Twitter, email us. I'm very yeah, curious. I feel like we're, we're overdue a Q&A episode, I think, actually. I don't have to eat eels again. Like I just had a flashback, like a <laughs> flashback. I was like, why did that like instill like a sense of fear for me for a second? And then it was just the eels. <laughs> like that legit. I was like, wait. Oh. Oh no. I should um well, I mean I'm back in oh, London in um two weeks. So I guess I'll be eating eels then. Yeah. I guess that's going to be filmed. Well, no, we'll do it in person, Livy. Obviously, you want to see the, you want to see it in my, and presumably, you will want to see the fear in my eyes. I need the, I need it to actually happen at that place that Terry has said, because you're both like, I want you both to be eating the eels. Like, it's both of you as part of the retribution. But anyway, we'll see. How yeah, happens. well, that's to come in the future. But for now, thank you so much, Wen, Olivia. I would apologize to you, but I won't. Um, as I said, you can find us at Quit Star Trek Pod on Twitter, and you can email us at iQuitStarTrek at gmail.com. But until next time, I've been John. I've been Olivia. And I've been Wen. And we'll catch you all sometime. Bye.